All right, here we go. I wanted to change series this morning, but I looked at the schedule and it didn't happen. So uh, we're going to put on the Lord Jesus today. Hallelujah. Are y'all ready to put on the Lord Jesus? Turn with me again to Colossians, if you would. Colossians. Colossians is a good book. It tells you the book of Colossians, the letters from Paul and others tell us in the New Testament who we are, what we have, and what we can do. Spend your time in the epistles. Now, if you're on broadcast this morning and you don't really know what that means, then your job is to get into the Gospels and find out how much God loves you. Jesus pointed to the Father and said, He loves you. He loves you, He loves you, He loves you. Now, they didn't get that in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Uh, they were children. Children don't always know you love them. The Father always loved His people. He still loves the Jews. But uh, he, he couldn't get cooperation. They didn't know whose they were and what they were doing. So I'm going to say what we said Wednesday night. You may have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. We are not known by our past, our activities. We have all sinned and missed the, and fell short of the glory of God, but we've all been forgiven of our sins. So as far as heaven's accounting, and it's real good accounting, it's as if you never sinned. You could say of your born-again life, I've never sinned. And you would be accurate. You would be in heaven's uh, approval. Now, the devil's not going to tell you that. He's going he's to wag his tongue at you and tell you that you are the worst that's ever been. And he, he doesn't know anybody as bad as you. But he would be a liar and the father of lies. Hallelujah. So Colossians 3, verse 9, says... Uh, Let's see if that's right. Oh, that's chapter two. It sounds better over here. Lie not one to another. Now, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that Paul would write to a church <laughs> and say, don't, y'all quit lying to one another. I'm just amazed. I'm, I'm just amazed. Seeing, okay, so why do you quit lying to one another? Seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Okay, we're not liars anymore. Because we've put off the old man. Say it with me. I have put off the old man. We have. And have put on the new man. And have put on the new man. Oh my word, we've put on the new man. So it's a choice. You are who he made you. You have in you what he put in you. But it's your choice to turn on the light switch. It goes up or turn the light switch off. It goes down. The light does not have a choice, a decision. Uh, and a, uh, it doesn't weigh things out. It's according to what you want to do. The least, I'm going to read this again to you. Because you may have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. The we says, having stripped off and away from yourselves and for your own advantage, the old, antiquated, outworn, decrepit, useless man. That person that you were before you were saved 
with his evil practices. Now, here it says that you and I had evil practices. You may have thought you were just a really good citizen and you just needed a touch up from Jesus. But you are already doing just fine. And compared to even Christians, you could say, I outshine almost all of them. But he said here, the old man had evil practices. That's where the amen goes in a rambunctious and robust church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he said, and having put on. Where is it? And having clothed yourself with the new man. Who is that? The person you are after you are saved. I'm the new man. I'm the new man. I'm the new man. Well, I knew you back when you were this and that. I'm the new man. The person you are after you are saved. What about him who is constantly being renewed and with the resulting advanced and perfect experiential knowledge? I think he's given us a lot right there, which is according to the image of the one who created him. I put on the new man. I am the new man. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's how I think. That's how I plan. That's how I leave my past. That's how I deal with people. That's how I agree with God. I am the new man. There is no weakness. There is no shame or guilt. I am the new man. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the new man. Nothing is impossible when I believe. We battle it every day. We battle it every day. We have to put off the new man all the time. It's not like I did that on Monday. I'm good for two weeks. No. Every time the sun comes up, you have to put off the old man. If nothing else, just that you're, that you're in a small place. And it's, it's just normal to think small in a small place. Because that's what you're surrounded with. You're, you dive into the pool and you, you, you swallow something. What was it? Well, it was, it was the pool. Well, we... We dive into the world, and what are we diving into? The small place. The this is hard place. Nobody can do it. We have a problem for every solution. We're in that every day because we're in the world, even though we're not of it. We're in it. And so Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. That's, that's what they're all swimming in. It's, they're surrounded. They're buoyed up by it. They're put under by it. But, but here we are. We've been introduced. We are new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, I don't belong here, but I am here. I don't belong here, but I am here. So while I'm here, I'm going to change everything around me. And if they won't change, I'll be changed. And they'll know I'm changed. So yay. We, ooh. Ephesians chapter one, you're right there. Look at Ephesians chapter one. Oh, here's another one of those books that tells you who you are, what you have and what you can do. So we should meditate that, shouldn't we? Because we're in that small place. We're thinking big in small places because we are big. But, but it's falling on deaf ears. The world wants to be small. They want to be guilty. They want to be, 
I'm an old sinner saved by grace. Just put a little, put a little spizzerinkum on their, on their fallen self. Now, if you tell them, if you tell them, those Christians, you are a, you are a sorry, no good sinner. They just said they're an old sinner saved by grace, and you tell them, boy, that's right, you are the sorry sinner. I wouldn't follow you if you were the last Christian on earth. You are, you're right, you are a sinner. You are saved by grace, but, but you are a... <laughs> you, they don't want you to agree with them. It's a facade. So chapter one, blessed be, verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What has he done? Who hath blessed us? Let's read it together. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? Say it. In Christ. Oh, in Christ. So if I'm not in Christ, he, he's probably not going to have any spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Well, he said in Christ, he's blessed you with, oh my, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ah, that's where the amen goes every time. I think I'll amen myself. Good job, son. Good song. Hallelujah. So who is in Christ? That is the eternal question that churches discuss every morning. The little sheep come in and get in their little spot on, on, on the pew and they dutifully. Oh, no, they didn't bring a Bible. Uh, they. Oh, they don't know what that is. Oh, never mind. They they like find out who they are, except we don't get who we are in a lot of churches. We got to fight for who we are, even though it's not something we have to fight for. So there was a church sign. You've seen it. It says, uh, but I wrote it down. Lots of kneeling will keep you in good standing. Lots of kneeling will keep you in good standing. What a lie. L-I-E, lie, fabrication, anti-truth. Kneeling, okay, so the implication, only Christians can know this. Churches write signs that nobody can understand, not even the lost. And I can tell you, I wouldn't be a Christian probably if all I could do is read church signs. I would run. I, I would run. So lots of kneeling will keep you in good standing. Now that's works, if it was even true. First of all, you don't have to kneel to pray. First of all, lots of prayers that are done, whether kneeling or standing up, are totally unbelief. God, I just wish you'd help me. Well, he's helped us. Amen. Christians don't even know who they are. So you'd think they'd keep their mouth shut. We're clueless. We don't know. So we're just going to say we don't know. No, they say who they were. But now they're in a church. They're in a long building, generally speaking, with the door at the back. Now, you know, at the Coker Church, we had to, we had to close the door and put it at the back because that church was out of whack. Hallelujah. But, the, but generally, if you're in the church and they got long chairs, long chairs, they call them pews, 
and they have a thing up at the front where someone stands up and we, if we're, if we're awake while we're listening to him or her, if we're awake, we hear their opinion, their opinion about who, who they are and what they can do. I tell you, you don't know anything about who you are and what you can do except what's in here. You do not know. There is not a feeling that will betray it. There is not a experience that you've heard. There's nobody, no tradition of men that can portray who you are, what you can do and what you have. It's only in the word. We know nothing in our sense realm. We know nothing in our self-knowledge, our wisdom. We know nothing. We have to flush that. Y'all know what you do when you go in that place. You put it in and then you flush it. We need to do some flushing. That was a little, that's a little coarse. I didn't mean that to be that way. Hallelujah. So culture, culture cannot discern who Christians are because Christians do not know who they are. Therefore, they portray themselves to be something different than what the word says. And so the culture only knows us by how we portray ourselves. I'm an old sinner saved by grace. Would you like to be one too? <laughs> Come go with me. What did he haw say? Gloom and despair, agony on me. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. That's, that's just the loose version of that. But anyway, and, 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 and Christians could sing that in church and not feel any, like, what's wrong with that? Their, their, their songs that they sing are terrible. I will cherish the old rugged cross. Now, I've just said something very sacrilegious to 98% of all Christians right there. If you don't like that song, you are, you are an abomination. But we don't cherish the old rugged cross. And we don't exchange it someday for a crown. So, so we're heretic when we don't believe that. Because that's the most precious of all. The cross was an instrument. It's how it happened in that day. And it's how it, it happened for us. But until you get on the cross and die to your sin so you can be buried and be resurrected unto new life with him, it has nothing to do with your life. I, I found this, and it's not real current, but you'll, you'll get the gist of it. The definition of the born-again Christian. There's two questions that Barna asked people when they were surveying them, and they surveyed a lot of people, and they did it accurately across every denomination. They made sure that they got a sampling from everybody. And so they asked them two questions to find out what a born-again Christian is in America. The first question is, have you ever made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ that is still important in your life today? If the respondent said yes, then they are asked a follow-up question about life after death. So the question they first ask is, have you ever made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ that is still important in your life today? That's a good question. One of the seven perspectives a respondent may choose in, so it's multiple choice. If he chose this one, when I die, I will go to heaven because I have confessed my sins and have accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. If they answer yes to the first question and select this statement as their belief about their own salvation, 
they are considered born again. Would you all agree with that? It's pretty close. So then they go out and they run around and sample the born agains. So you'd think once they're born again that they'd have it pretty straight. But here's what it looks like. 84% of born-again Christians believe the Bible is totally accurate in all its teachings. But that means at least 16, and this thing's pretty old, so it's probably more than that, do not believe the Word of God is actually true. 78% of born-again Christians believe they personally have a responsibility to tell others about their religious beliefs. Yay, that's good. Nearly all born-again Christians say their religious faith is very important in their life. Yay. Half of born-again Christians agree that Satan is not a living being, but is only a symbol of evil. Oh, my. Houston, we have a problem. About one-third of born-agains, born-agains, now we're talking about, they answered the two questions right, about one-third of born-agains believe that if a person is good enough, they can earn a place in heaven. That's a crippling little belief. One-third. 31% of born-agains agree that while he lived on earth, Jesus did commit sins just like other people. Born-agains. Now, this has already culled out all the people that are just religious fanatics or whatever. 15% of born-again Christians claim that after he was crucified and died, Jesus did not turn, return to life physically. So no resurrection. That's one out of six, and that's pretty old. About one out of four born-again Christians believe that it doesn't matter what faith that you follow because they all teach the same lessons. Do you see what a, what a, a struggle or a, what, a, what we face out there? Born-again Christians are more likely than non-born-again individuals to accept moral absolutes. So, slightly more. Uh, Born-again Christians, uh, in another survey, said, uh, is said they, they polled their divorce rate, and it was exactly the same as the world. Since then, it has come up a little better for born-agains. But, hey, what you believe is precious. What you have is, is the, the three ounces out of a ton of ore, gold ore, only three ounces of gold is extracted. A ton, that's 2,000 pounds. Three ounces would be a fifth of a pound. So what is that? That's, that's a bunch of pounds to get gold, whatever that is. And what you have is precious. Let's take a little different message this morning, but let's, let's surmise. Let's speculate here. Suppose you have a 25-year-old, 98-pound female high school dropout. What would you say about her life? Can you go back that far? A 25-year-old, 98-pound female high school dropout. What are her, her chances in this world? Well, you would say she's limited to herself. In other words, she's going to have to hunt and grab 
for anything she gets. Would you all agree? High school dropout, doesn't know anything, 25 years old. But if, if, if she's in, if she's in several categories, she can improve her life. For instance, if she's in education, if she gets educated, gets her GED and, and goes to school or something, she can teach others and know something and teach others and get a YouTube podcast or something like that. And she could theoretically and possibly make a lot of money. It happens. Not everybody that's making money is smart and not everybody that makes money is educated. Well, if she's in the military, suppose she joins them, they take her. They, she could defend a fort and she could back down hundreds of large men with a, with a weapon or control of a system. If she was in wealth, like if she married Bubba Big Bucks, she could, she could hire people and change the employment rate. If she was influential, it wouldn't matter where she started. Your influence is one of your greatest attributes outside of the Christian right. newborn, uh, born again experience. If she would get in scuba, like she was a Navy SEAL or something, she could stay underwater for an hour. If she was in America, she could be blessed and say she was a Christian and not even know God. And most people would say, well, yeah, you're born here. You're, you're going to heaven. She could be, uh, if she would be inoculated, inoculated, she could be unafraid of sickness unless it was COVID. If she was in family, if she had a family, she could be accepted no matter pretty much what she did. In other words, family will just forgive you, won't they? Won't they? I might ought to ask that again to see how I'm doing. Hallelujah. If, uh, if she's in church, she's going to be surrounded by covenant people of some kind. But if she's not in Christ then she is only going to have what she can pull together and what she can have. She is going to be the total end to her total means if she's not in Christ. You have what you develop, you have what you have, and then you have what you develop. And then with so-called, we don't believe in it, but we would say with luck, she could, she could do. But if she's in Christ, if I'm in Christ, if you're in Christ, She's going to be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and everything is turning out amazing. If she's in Christ, she's more than a conqueror. She can whoop it all. If she's in Christ, she always triumphs in Christ Jesus. Hear me. We're talking about who we are. If she's in the word, then she'll know that she can speak to the mountain and say to the mountain, be thou removed. Get out of my way, and it will happen for her. So a long list of being in this and in that might or might not turn out. Y'all walk around all day. You know what's out there. You know how people are struggling. But if you get in the Lord Jesus, it's a slam dunk. But you do have to get in the Lord Jesus. You can't just be a drive-by. I drove by church the other day, so yeah, I guess I'm a Christian. You, you, have to, you have to immerse. 
But of all these things that this 25-year-old, 98-pound, what that has to do with it, I don't know, but, but she just doesn't have anything going for her. She could make something. 1 John 4, 17 says this. 1 John 4, 17 says this. Herein is our love. Maybe we ought to turn there. 1 John 4, 17. I hope you put stars in your Bible. We've got some that if you don't want to mark in yours, we'll give you one that you can, you can write all over it. Verse 17 says, herein is our love made perfect. How can we make our love perfect? How can we make our, because love never fails. So if we can get, if we can get our love perfect, we graduate with honors. Herein is our love made perfect. How? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness. Say it with me. Boldness. Same as courage. But boldness is courage demonstrated. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is. As, as the Lord Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we got to put on the Lord Jesus, y'all. Because a lot of us was that, were, was that 25-year-old woman that didn't graduate in some dimension. You may actually went to school, but you got off on the wrong track or hooked up with a company that failed or married a woman that didn't love Jesus or all the things that we've all been through in some in the way. If we get bold with our who we are in Christ Jesus, everything would turn and we'd be guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed a good life. All these things here are speculation. All these things here are are maybes, but that is guaranteed. He said, verse 17, uh, our love is made perfect that so that we can have boldness, so that we will be bold. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. So the reason we're not bold is because of fear. We're afraid of what? What, what people might think. Well, I hate to stick out. They'll all look at me. Or talk about me. Listen, honey, you know your own family. You know what y'all talk about. They're all talking about you anyway because you're talking about everybody. We all know how that works. None of us go home and say, hmm, hmm, did you see that? Did you hear what they said? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my word. That's what they're doing. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Why did Jesus come? Let's look in John three sixteen. I got to hurry. No, I don't have to hurry. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have life everlasting. Or it says here in the King James, but have everlasting life. Now we've talked about it, but we want to get it on tape this, this morning. Life, everlasting life is not long life. It is the life of the 
everlasting one who happens to have long life. We will put it on him and his attributes, his life will give us everlasting life. But it's way more than living long. Not having everlasting life. Because I can tell you, if you don't know Jesus and you die and you go to hell, you have an everlasting existence. So that can't be what this means. It's talking about the identity and the, the persona of someone. You will have the life of the everlasting, the one who is everlasting. So he's talking about putting on Jesus, putting on God. If we turn to John 5, verse 24, right there, verse 24. Verily, verily, the Lord said in red ink, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. So here the Lord Jesus is pointing to the Father, isn't he? Yes. Believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life. The word there is zoe. The word there is the life, the, the total life. Uh, what's the word? Total life, absolute life. It's absolute life. We, we don't hardly know what that is because we are so acclimated in living in the world to having death all around us. He said, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from Thanatos, death, unto life. So we have passed from total death into total life. That's who I am right now. Not going to happen. It happened. The new birth. Seemingly an insignificant and an unheralded transaction. Well, I heard you got saved today and that you're going to be baptized. Brother John's going to put you under the water next week. <laughs> it's just trivialized. It's like, I heard you're 14. We're going to have a big party this weekend. But it's not so. In America, we've been culturized. To believe that it's just something Americans do. But if you go into any nation overseas or most nations uh, in the 1040 window, to be water baptized is to sign your death warrant. Because the water baptism is aligning yourself or witnessing or testifying that I have come into union with him, the Lord Jesus. I am, I am saying like someone that gets married... And they, the, after the wedding, they say, I'm married. I'm with her. I'm with him. It's Mr. and Mrs. Them. And you align and you, you, you get one last name and you get one address and you get one car and all that stuff. It's, and so when we overseas, when we see the water baptism, it's a big deal. Because you're aligning with him. It's not in America, but it should be. It, it, it's been trivialized. That's why we're all old save, sinners saved by grace in these churches. So we passed out of death into life. What is death? Well, it's sickness, disease, pain. That's death. In any, any portion that it can come on you. What is thanatos? What is death? It's Shortage, need, lack, little, uh, uh, late. Sometimes you get it there, but it's late. And it, that's, that's, that's death. Right. 
We've been passed from that. Everybody in heaven knows about it except the church. And the church is telling the world, this is who we are. We're just like you. But we go to that building that has a back door and long chairs. Oh, that's, that's who you are. Yep, that's who we are. And we're the, we're the Baptist or we're the Methodist or the, we're the Presbyterian. You mean you got one book and one Savior and y'all don't even agree? No, we don't agree. We don't like them. And matter of fact, in our Methodists, we have several branches. In our Church of God, we got several branches. In our Baptists, we've got the, the primitive, the sophisticated, the, the right now and the back then. And we, we, we got all of them. So, so the world looks at us and says, y'all are a confused bunch. And how could we deny it? We don't even know because it's just one book. Wow. Wow. John 10, 10 says, well, you're right there. Let's just let's just read it. Let's read it so that we so that we declared the truth. Verse 10. Ready, ready, read. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's why Jesus came. So we go through this, but let's just let's go through it one more time. Let's just say the reason Jesus came was not to forgive sins, but he did forgive sins in order to bring us life. He couldn't bring us abundant life if we were sinners. Jesus did not come to forgive sins because if he forgave our sins, the next day we would commit a new one. Because we were filled with Thanatos, with death. We would have a death nature. We would be of our father, the liar. We wouldn't even, we wouldn't even own up to the new birth because we couldn't. And so he did not come to forgive sins. He did not come to uh, set you in a better place. He came to change us out. Lynn was talking about the other day. Well, they blew up that engine and he said, I would get it. I, I'd, I'd put a new engine in it. And he was talking about the kind of engine he would put in there and all that. And it's like a new engine. Yeah. Well, that's what that's kind of what happened to us. The outside's the same, but we got a whole new engine. When I was in high school, I had a uh, I had a Chevrolet Impala and it had a turbo hydromatic. That's a two speed automatic. Can you imagine? And the fool that I was, I'd go home. I had to be home by 12. And I'd leave nine minutes before. It's a 12 minute drive. And I would wind old Red up. I'd keep her in first till we got to 65 miles an hour. And then you loosen it up to number two. And it would, and it would catch its wind. 327, four barrel. It'd catch its wind. And me and Jesus almost met several times. <laughs> so I'm saying, I forgot what I was saying. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ah, it's better now. Oh, under the hood. Yeah, under the hood. I, I could giddy up in that little thing. The saving grace about it is back then cars were as wide as a caboose is long. And so you could not turn one over. Hallelujah. 
So we had an iniquity nature when we came out of being born alive unto God. Children are born alive unto God. So all children go to heaven. But then there's that day that they reach the age, what we call the age of accountability, where they pass from life unto death and they are, they become sinners. And so uh, that nature is prevailing. So it doesn't matter how many times you'd ask the Lord to forgive you. The next day you still had that iniquity inside. It's iniquity. It's not a sinner. It's iniquity. It's the evil. It's evil. It's it is the it is the nature of the devil. It's the nature of the anti-God, the anti-Christ. That's what's in people. So when you just when you just go out and play golf with them and it's like, ah, oh, this Bobby's a good guy. He shares. He gives the United Way. It's all good. It's all good. You if you looked at him in a spiritual sense, you would see that Bob was full of iniquity. His nature was iniquity. In other words, the devil is orchestrating through his body and his, uh, his situation, orchestrating hell's agenda against you and everybody else. You go, not Bob. He's a good one. He's a good one. He gives big to United Way. Not Bob. And we've been fooled. So we've been upgraded. I got to get going here. So uh, why, why did Jesus come to give us new life? And number one, nothing else would help us. There was no upgrade. He had upgraded to prophets, priests, and kings in the Old Testament. And they were all without the new nature. They were all that way. Uh, he had to start over. Because the foundation was flawed in a man. So he couldn't just say, we need to upgrade this. He had to start completely over. Uh, only Zoe would, would work to put us in heaven's atmosphere. We could never go to heaven, even if we could get so-called saved down here on earth. We would not have God's standard to go into heaven when we died. So I gave y'all an upgrade. Well, there was a residue then of the old man. There was a residue. The old man would still be there, even if it was a smaller amount. And there can be no sinner. There can be no unrighteousness in heaven. Is that right? None. Because if, if he let anybody in, we make, we make Peter jokes and go into heaven jokes and stuff like that. Almost all of them are totally wrong. And maybe we shouldn't say them, but... But the truth is you can't get into heaven, not because you've been good, but because there would be unrighteousness in you. Which has only been able to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. That's all. And to get the blood of Jesus, you have to be born again. The old man, the, the evil, the iniquity man has to be taken out of the way. He leaves our body, he leaves our soul and he takes that engine out and puts a new engine in, a new man and there's no iniquity in him. It's this, well, what if he sins on Thursday after getting born again on Monday? It doesn't matter because that's not his nature. And your sin, your soul can mess up and it does. Your flesh can mess up and yes, ma'am, it does. But it's not our nature. It's not coming out of that. It's coming out of the old man, the package that we're in. But the new man inside and he's sealed He's sealed, so sin can't touch your born-again spirit man. Can't touch it. Can't touch it. 
I think he's backslid too far. No. Can't touch it. It's crazy. The rules of heaven are crazy. Man did not follow them. We persecute and we judge you and we will hang you if we don't like what you did. You know the old westerns where the, they, they, uh, Bob's in jail and they, they knew what he did. He stole a horse and the mob comes in and tells the sheriff, we want Bob. We want to hang him up. He did it. He said, well, we're going to have to go to trial. Well, we want Bob. Well, he's innocent until he's proven guilty. We've always had lynch mobs. Churches are just the newest version of them. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus was sent to the earth. And until we align that with, with that, then we'll just be forgiven sinners. Forgiven sinners, which there's no such thing. Is there? You're either a sinner or you're not forgiven. Or anyway, you get that. John one, turn to John. I got, I got just, I just got sixty minutes. I have got to hook it here. John one verse twelve. Look what it says. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But as many, John one twelve. Are y'all here? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So if we took out those middle words, it says, which were born of God. We had to be born of God. To be sons and daughters of God, we had to be born of God. Well, all he could do, just like you as parents, all you could do is transmit who you were. Oriental parents, we always know what their kids are going to look like. They're going to be Oriental. Hispanic parents are always going to have Hispanic children and, and on and on and on. He, 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 he has set the laws of nature and all he could have when he had kids was just like him. Godward. I know y'all know this. I know you could be tired of this and say, what? You know, we know this. But you don't know this. Because it has to go to the end of your life to say you knew it. And if it loses somewhere in between and you don't get the product or the end result of what you knew over here, then we could make a case you didn't know over here. Because what you know goes to the end. Who you are goes to the end. We're Americans. We go to the end because we have accepted we're Americans. We never get up and say, I feel Brazilian today. So we have to take this thing to the new birth. We have to say, that's who I am. Bless God. Nothing's impossible to me. Bless the Lord. I'll say to the mountain. Who are you to say to the mountain? I am a son of righteousness. I am his son. And he said, father said, father said, here's why we're going to do it in the family. We're going to do it this way. Well, Lord, how will we know? I wrote it down. You never know what God's going to do. Sure you do. Sure you do. It's in the book. We don't feel like it. Feelings are fatal. Feelings are fatal. You will die holding on to your feelings. 
You will fail just like a sinner. Matter of fact, some sinners are more moral and more ethical and more character driven than Christians are. And they will have more success. They'll make more money and live in a better place and all those things, even though they're going to hell. Amen. Okay. The clear word version says, but to those who did receive him and believed in him, he extended the privilege, the privilege of becoming the children of God. They were born again, not from ancestors through God's will, but totally through the power of God. I wish that you had a Disney World experience. I've talked to lots of people that have been to Disney World and they say, oh, you got to be there to believe it. Or maybe the Grand Canyon. Maybe we'll say you got to be. Would you all agree that's been there that you can't just tell you can't take a picture and say that's we get it. I wish you had a out of this world experience at your new birth. I wish you could see him rip out the iniquity one drip at a time and you'd go, oh, that was bad. I didn't know it was. I didn't know I had that in there. Oh, my. Oh, my. And at the end of it, you'd go, I've truly been delivered. I've been born again. But instead, instead, we confessed with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believed that God raised him from the dead and we were saved. What's up with that? That's like saying I ate mint chocolate chip ice cream and, and I ate the whole carton and it was good. You can remember both of them in the same thing. The John 3, 3 says, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God, except. Now, we're in a culture right now. We have been for quite a while, but we're in a culture right now that is looking. What, wherever that thing was that says these people don't believe what we believe. There's a parallel or a semi-parallel version of the Bible that's out there, and it's called false doctrine. And you may believe, and here's where I may skirt the edge of getting in trouble, you may believe everybody that has a cross on their church is preaching the truth. And, and there's a lot of truth in what they're preaching. They uphold Jesus and they, Holy Spirit, and just on and on. But there's, there's the, the word says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not the major things, it's the little things. And one of them is, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. They'll say it from the pulpit. That's where people get it. You never know what God's going to do. God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. There's nothing mysterious. If you'll pray it out in the Holy Ghost, you'll know exactly what he's going to do. If you'll speak to the mountain or what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you'll know exactly what he's going to do. There's no surprises. There's no surprises. If he surprises you, he surprises you with his goodness. It's the only surprise the Lord has. Now, y'all don't, don't flinch on me here. There's more. We can't make it. We can't make it doing what we're doing and having what we're having at this level. You go, well, we're way out there compared to some. Well, maybe. Yes, maybe. Yay, whatever. But we can't go where this says we should be unless we change our mind. 
We got to have a confidence. If I lay hands on you, bless God, you will be healed. We got to have that. We got we got to have it like I I just gave ten thousand dollars into the kingdom of God, and I've got an obligation at the end of the week. It will be in my account by then, or something like that. Don't don't catch me on the details, but do you, we need boldness, which comes from believing. It's like, I believe this stuff. So are we going to be in that aquarium? They go from one end of the tank. The other end of the tank. You turn. Back to the other end of the tank. Bless God, we ought to be jumping out of that aquarium. You ought to be pulling on the word of God so much that you're just downright disgusted with how you've been acting and how you've been believing and how far we've fell short of the glory of God. I, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm, I'm talking to me too. Please let me be in this bunch. But we ain't there yet. The cotton patch says, I want to make it clear, Jesus answered, that no one can be a member of God's family unless he is fathered from above. Let's have some miracles. Let's be some miracles. Let's put off the old man and put on the new man, which is renewed after the knowledge of him. Let's, let's quit making church or the word something that we have in our schedule and make it our schedule. You, you'd, have to, you'd have to plow different. You'd have to get up and get in the Word. You'd have to want to pray. Because when you pray, it's, it's kind of a distillation. You pray, stuff goes out that's wrong. You start praying stuff and you go, man, I'm praying for that. And that's not right. That's not even. But, but when you pray, things start coming in. And re revelation is progressive. You can't handle it all at once. So it's always going out and it's always coming in. Well, praise God, we're on that. But there's more. I asked Deborah Ann the other day if she was getting 25 hours a day and eight days in the week. Because I certainly didn't see them in my life and I wondered how she got so much stuff done. It's a joke. It's up to you. It's up to me. can go as fast as I want. So I'm born again. I'm the hottest thing in the universe. Because I know it. You go, are you, are you an apostle? Are you a prophet? Are you, a, you know, it doesn't matter. That's just, a, that's just a gradient of I'm a born again man. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things. I'm just like him. As he is. Jesus said, you want to see the Father? See me. I'm going to say, you want to see Jesus? Look at me. Listen to me. You go, that's pretty salty. Yes, it is. And we all have to giddy up to, to, to keep that. Get out of our heads. Not mental ascent. Not mental ascent. It's not, it's not, 
It's not what we agree to. It's what we do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about a word of knowledge? Would y'all come to church on Wednesday and say, man, I thought it'd never get here. I've had this word of knowledge since Sunday afternoon and I, I had to get here to give it. Wouldn't that be novel? We'd all go, oh, great one. We, we defer. We, uh. No, we all say, I got one too. When's my turn? The word says in Corinthians, the carnal church, that prophecy should be given two or three at most so that everything's done in decency and order. It's like, what does that mean? It means everybody had a word from heaven. Because it's like, it's like radio waves or television rays, waves. They're all in this room. Is that right? If you could bring a radio in here, would, it, would, it, would we have to call in and say, I'm... I'm no, it, they're everywhere. And the power of the, of the Holy Ghost, the, the knowledge, the revelation, the insight of the Holy Ghost is everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. So R.W. Schombach said, you don't have any problems. What did he say? You just need faith in God. Joey, you don't have any problems. Rebecca? Solved, fixed, it's done. Lynn, just, just say, I, I need more time to get done everything he showed me to get done. These are the busiest of times. He's coming back. He's coming back. Y'all were wondering if Joe Morris is right? He is. He is. Well, I just don't know about that. You will soon enough. And you'll wish, oh, God, I wish I'd have taken Saturday and done something for Jesus. Amen. I don't know what we're going to do with that. Whatever Holy Ghost came to you and said, do with that. That's what we'll do, okay? My job is to just open the book. Your job is to read it or listen to it or whatever. My job is to hear me and say, I got to go home. I am convicted. Father, 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 thank you. So thank you, Lord. So thank you for healing in this house. We declare everybody in this house, every single person, their flesh, their body, we declare them healed today. And we refuse. We will not. We will not tolerate sickness in this house. It's, it's an anthema to you. It's, it's, it's just not who we are. And it's not what we have. Healing is who we are. Health and wholeness, vigor and strength is who we are. And we declare these bodies in this, in this place, covenant ready to take the nations. We thank you, Lord, money is everywhere. We don't need money. Money is everywhere. But Lord, we thank you that it's in our lives to do the kingdom. I will do it, saith the Lord. I will do it. If you will strike the match, I will burn it down. I will do it, saith the Lord. I, every obstacle, every problem, every situation, every little, every small place, everything that you stand against, 
I will clear the path before you, saith the Lord. I will do it for you. Try me. Do this for me, saith the Lord. I will do it for you. I will make you a demonstration. I will shine through you and all will see. This isn't God. This is a man with God. Surely he is here with us. I will do it, saith the Lord. Try me. Test me. I will do it, saith God. Well, amen. Amen. Woohoo! <laughs> amen. Amen. Somebody has a spot on their tongue. Are we still on broadcast? Someone in this place or somewhere, I got it this morning early, has a spot on your tongue and it's just bothering the snot out of you. The, 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 it's bothering you. And so I declare it healed in Jesus' name. There's an anomaly on a tongue somewhere and I declare it healed today in Jesus' name. And then there's some, I think there's more than one, with skin issues. And the Lord got me going this morning about skin issues. Skin, I understand, is the largest organ in our body. It weighs more than anything if you can just drop it over there and run around it. So lots of people have skin issues. Let's pray for the skin. In our, if, if, if you have a skin issue, let's just raise your hand or whatever you do, and we're going to take care of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, it is our distinct pleasure and honor to convey your kingdom power into our frail bodies. Lord, I thank you right now for skin being healed in this room and on broadcast, Lord. Skin, lesions, cancers, uh, growths, tumors, inflammation, eczema, that sort of stuff. In Jesus' name, all the stuff they advertise stuff for on TV about skin, Lord, we, we include all that stuff, whatever it is. In Jesus' name and with no side effects, we release healing into our skin. We need our skin to cooperate with the kingdom of heaven. So I say be healed. Be healed in this house. Be healed on broadcast. Be delivered from skin issues totally. We thank you, Lord. We have skin fresh as a child. That's what the word says, fresh as a child. In Jesus' name, can you say, I receive it? Oh, we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a good word, Lord. Thank you. Woohoo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had, uh, uh, in my family, a lot of them, and uh, shoulder issues, something coming loose in the, however the shoulder works, the ball joint that goes into your clavicle or whatever. And uh, so in the name of Jesus, let's agree on that. That's just something I know that needs to happen. So right now, Lord, we appropriate the power of by his stripes, we were healed. We should live under righteousness. We should live. You said we are dead to sin and should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So we appropriate righteousness in our shoulders, left shoulder, right shoulder. We tell you to be realigned in the joint in Jesus' name, and that every nerve, every nerve that's attached to our shoulder, we command you to be healed and to be in your right place and do the work of a good body in Jesus' name. We call our shoulders from this moment forward a blessing healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, yay. Well, yay. Okay. Well, you can't lose with the stuff we use. Let's leave this place and say, God, I want more. Whatever you do, just go and just say, God, I want more. And challenge him to say, ah, I don't want to. I'm not in the mood. I just guarantee you, he's in the mood. Amen. Amen. Well, let's sing. Let's stand up and sing.